Well, good evening and uh, really excited to be here with something very new. And that is that I just felt like the Lord really laid on my heart to uh, talk to the healthcare side of the world and to hear from them. And so um, I have asked my good friend, uh, Dr. Genevieve, to join us tonight. And um, I'm just going to let you say hello and introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hello, church family. Um, I'm Genevieve. People don't, don't remember me as Dr. Teo. They call me Dr. Genevieve because it's just easier that way. Um, I'm a registrar at a GP practice, which means I have about a year before I'm a fully qualified GP. Um, I, I work at a practice um, just north of Portsmouth. So I probably might not see many, many of you, um, but I do basically the work of a GP. So I handle calls, I see patients, uh, deal with letters, complaints, everything that you know comes through the GP practice, you name it, I'll have to deal with it. Um, but I've also been doing a lot of like minor surgeries, uh, women's health issues. Um, so lots of things, lots of different things that have been going on. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And uh, so I'm going to call you by your formal name today, Dr. Genevieve, <laughs> and uh, love saying that. I'm sure you love hearing it. And um, we have lots of healthcare workers, obviously, in CLC. We've got people who work in care homes. We have people who work in hospitals, uh, nurses, doctors. Um, and so you're kind of going to represent them all uh, tonight in the um, healthcare world. So I know they're rooting for you and really praying for you. So, um, Dr. Genevieve, you know, all most of us during the lockdown season, we were spending our time in lockdown. <laughs> but unfortunately, that looked very different uh, for you because of your job and your role. So can you just tell us what what has it been like for you uh, during this lockdown season? And because uh, you've certainly not been locked in like the rest of us. <laughs> Um, I've been very blessed because I've been working throughout the lockdown um, and so that was a very good thing I would say a positive thing on our side but it was tiring and it was chaotic and I'm sure you know my my fellow NHS colleagues and, and carers they were also going through exactly the same thing we worked every day and um, a few of my colleagues and I even did extra shifts just to sort of help with the hospital's workload and things like that. Um, it was a steep learning curve, to be honest, um, because things change day by day. We get new orders in, and then we've got to scratch our heads, figure out a solution. Uh, we wanted to still provide the services that we could for as many people as needed it. But at the same time, with all these new you know, changes that keep coming in, it was just, you know, going through this hoop, going through that way. It's like a special ops exercise, you know, finding out your mission for today. It was good. It was good because we learned um, working together. We learned to adapt and uh, we learned to be fearless because people depended on us. So it was a very positive um, thing that we had going on during lockdown. Um, what we also tried to do was 
not just people who present it to us, but we try calling out. So um, everyone that was registered in our, in our surgery who were vulnerable, who had um, an increased risk in terms of this pandemic, um, we call them up, see how they're doing, do they need help? We've got this lovely Lady Joy, who is such a joy, and she was just phoning them up at regular intervals, just like our pastoral care, which have done a great job. And just making sure that everyone doesn't feel lonely, um, their needs are met, and you know things were still going on in, in their lives as much as possible. So I think we grew as an NHS in leaps and bounds because of that. And I'm so proud of our team. I'm so proud of all our, our NHS workers. They've done so well. Wow, that is, um, I think that is amazing. I mean, in this day and age to hear that people are actually ringing from the NHS uh, off of the care surgery and offices to see how people are doing. Wow, uh, that says a lot. Um, and I know that, you know, here we are back, you know, in a situation where, you know, things are changing again. And I'm sure you guys are on the brink of, you know, getting very tired. Um, and I'm sure some of them are almost probably to the point of exhaustion. Um, and so what, what would you say has been probably some of the best or the high or the and some of the lows that you've seen uh, during this season just just being real for people to to know what it's been like for you guys on that side of the world okay I'm going to save the best part for later I'm going to go on to <laughs> what the worst things that have been happening and you're absolutely right um, we took turns being really tired and you know just sitting down and feeling really sorry oh, why do i have to do this why am i not at home baking like everyone else you know and uh, it does get to you because we're all human after all isn't it um one of the things that i i felt um was difficult was that while we were working we were putting our families at risk and that was difficult um there was one point of time in our surgery when we literally lost half our doctors and nurses because of illness and um, and because of the isolation and then the kids get it or their spouses get it and some were to the point that oh i'm sorry my husband or my wife has been sent to uh, to the emergency department because it's just that bad and and to see that you know we're, we're really putting ourselves out there and i think that is not an easy thing to go through um, a lot of um, people making decisions. Um, I've had friends who have made the decision to stay away from their families and work throughout this whole lockdown, uh, living somewhere else, just so that they don't put their elderly parents or their very young children uh, who are vulnerable at risk. So it's a lot of family overwork, if you say, um, kind of decisions. And I think towards the later end of lockdown when patients start becoming a bit more abusive because they're frustrated and understandably you know it's really uncertain times um, but they take their frustrations out on our receptionists on um, on carers they take it out on our doctors even they get so much of abuse and I feel that's really really sad to see that you know people who are putting their heart and soul out into their service is getting treated like that. 
but there is always a silver lining and there are always good times. Um, I don't know how, but it must be the grace of God that our receptionists always have a smile on their face, no matter how bad the week has been. Um, they're always smiling and, hi, Genevieve, how are you doing? They're always, you know, chirpy and positive, you know, handing around cakes and whatever else. Um, I think patients have written in to us saying, thank you for your work. Thank you for your phone calls. Um, they've sent letters. They've sent poems. They've given us cards, and that, which is really, it's really heartwarming. It really makes you feel like, you know, this is worth it. You know, I can keep going on. And I mean, I think it's just the whole team across the board. I mean, not just in our surgery, but, you know, uh, when I was doing extra shifts in QA, everybody was just, you know, a kindred spirit. We were all just working together um, to help the people out there. And I just, it's, it's amazing. And it really makes you motivated to do more, to just go the extra mile. So I think those were my highlights um, working during this lockdown. Wow. Um, again, you know, I, I hope everybody that's watching now or will watch this uh, in the future, you know, jump in that chat and show them some love. Uh, you know, all of our healthcare workers and those in surgeries, those in QA, because, um, you know, I love that you're sharing the, the best side of just, you know, the team and, and, you know, how amazing to think that, you know, receptionists can put that kind of a, an attitude forth. Uh, that's what we teach in church, isn't it? And uh, to hear about that happening in the workplace. And uh, if I'm honest, I hope that will help us to, you know, be a bit kinder when we go in and thinking of the long hours that you guys put in. Um, what, what would you say, I'm just going to throw a little curveball to you, but I'm sure you'll know the answer to this. What, what would you say is probably the longest shift with the hours that some of the some of you guys have had to put in we tend to do 10 10 hour shifts 10 to 12 hour shifts um but sometimes because of illness and there's gaps in the rota you may end up doing 14 some of them i know have done 16 hour shifts and that is just you know incredible because you're wearing the mask you're wearing your ppe and you're just literally flitting from one patient to another you know doing all sorts of things um i'm thankful being in the community we don't have that kind of long hours uh, but I'm sure I speak for carers who have to go through extra shifts and the people working the hospitals and they just they just do such a tremendous job even despite not having that kind of uh, breaks that they usually do um, it's it's a general joke we have in QA or, well across the board in, in, in the medical side is that um, most people who work in in this kind of services don't realize they have to go toilet until they've actually um finished a shift then they realize oh i've not gone to wee today <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's that people just work and work and work and put others first wow um genevieve before i move on to ask you some of the tips that you can give us i just wanted i know that you've shared uh with my life group and, and now you're leading a ladies life group with uh susie morley on monday nights but you had shared with us you've had your moments where you've been able to pray i don't know if you've been able to pray publicly but 
can you just share a little bit about what you've been able to do as a, a Christian, you know, uh, doctor and, and what you've been allowed to do or how you've been able to choose your moments with that? It's a lot of choosing moments um, because if a patient's not asked you to, you shouldn't be um, imposing your, your religion, your beliefs um, on them. But when patients come in worried, anxious, fearful, tired, um, and, and they're just really in such a state, and all you want to do is just, you know, hug them, you know, tell them that everything will be okay. So I always tell, especially, especially my patients who come in with really burnt out mental health problems, um, I always tell them, look, things may look helpless, but there's always hope around. And, um, and if, you, if it makes you feel any better, I will be praying for you. And a lot of them will say, you know what, I appreciate you praying. And I don't have to throw it out there, oh my God, in heaven, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and you know, throw a whole you know, sermon out for them. But it's just you know, being a true believer, knowing that I know the answer to all of this and having that heart to say, I am going to pray for you. And if they say, no, please don't, which I've never had anyone say to me ever, um, by all means, I, I wouldn't. But they say, is it okay if I pray for you? And some of them actually welcome it to a point that, oh my goodness, thank you so much for caring for me, for praying for me. I really need it. And then you can go a little step by just saying a little, you know, one-liner, Lord Jesus, this patient is in your hands. Amen. And that's it. And, and just for a patient to hear that, is it's like honey on there you know it's it's sweet it's it's warming and it's so helpful for them they really start their healing process just just by hearing all of that and obviously with the spirit of god you know you know you know things are going to happen in that life so it's about choosing for most moments really Amen. And, you know, I hope that's a, a word and season for a lot of people out there who working in the workplace. I love what you said about, you know, you don't have to, you know, get out there and <laughs> Heavenly Father, you know, come down right now. <laughs> um, so uh, I think that, you know, we just have to be creative, don't we? And there's just so many ways that we can do that. And, um, you know, when you say no one turns you down, I think that's just such a, uh, you know, a demonstration of the fact that people are hungry for hope, hungry for someone to share a little bit of that with them and a little bit of joy. And, and we have that to give and we just have to be creative. And I also love the fact that you're being respectful, understanding that when you're, you know, you can't just blatantly come out with that, but uh, by asking, you know, when the moment, like you said, when that magic moment or that God moment happens. Uh, but of course, if they say no, there's still nothing stopping us under our breath, is there? Just saying, Lord, help them anyway. You know, they don't have to know that we did that. But um, I think that is brilliant. And I hope that even those who aren't care workers, uh, whatever work you're working in, I think there's always creative ways to uh, be able to show that, share it, and pray for people. And I'm sure lots of people would agree. Um, 
so the other thing, Dr. Genevieve, is that we get so much advice every day about what we should be doing, how we should be doing it. And I know for me at the church, uh, I've signed up to get the updates. So I'm constantly getting emails about things that we need to do. You and I were kind of laughing before we started tonight that you and I, the way we grew up, some of this stuff was already quite normal. I, I, not for me, mask, you did actually say for you, uh, there was a lot of it that was, but um, the, the normal things of keeping our hands clean, keeping our, you know, just looking after ourselves a lot more, you know, it was a norm for me in Latin America. And you might just share where you're from so people will understand that, but just some good basic tips that are perhaps positive, but also where people will not just be in such a panic, but be safe and use wisdom. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you take that and see where you can lead us into that. I mean, there are lots of advice from the government already, you know, wash your hands and stay away, wear your mask and all that. I will not go into that because you have, you know, it's like a nagging mom. You just keep hearing it over and over and over. But um, what I would say, and I say this to most of my patients, and I even say this to my own family, to my daughter when she's anxious, is just be present. You know, sometimes things get overwhelming. And sometimes, yes, you know, we have very real problems, unemployment, um, illnesses, the fact that you can't have your wedding, the fact that you can't go for a funeral. There, there are lots of things that really bug us. And this is a really uncertain time. But be mindful of where you are right now. There is a reason that you're exactly where you are in this time. And if you use, you know, if you say, God, use me, and you really just stand your ground and just look around you. I am 100% certain there is something for you. A lot of people who are going through a lot of anxiety issues, a lot of, um, it's fear, isn't it? It's fear of going out, it's fear of being um, struck with illness, it's fear of all the uncertainties that, that happens in this world. But if you just stand still, think about it we we did talk about this in our women's group before about being still isn't it and just knowing that your god has answers for you you just have to open your ears and listen i always say this and i say this to all my patients regardless of if they're believers or they're not yet believers um to just take it in stride there is an end to all of this there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, we don't see it yet, but everyone is rooting for each other. We're all in this together. We're all supporting each other. And I always say, if at all no one else roots for you, I'm rooting for you. And I know that, you know, there is a, a whole host of people rooting for you, which you do not see. So you're not in this alone. Just take stock of where you are and see, you know, what else can be done for you to move forward. One of the things I always say is if you don't keep looking downward and inward and you start looking outward, you start seeing the need that other people have and you start serving them instead, you will find that your anxieties disappear. You will find your fears disappear. As you put others first, you know, all of these things that you worry about just suddenly fade into the background and you don't have to think about it so much. So that is what I always say. 
Um, keep yourself safe. But the other thing I would like to say is, and I've seen this a lot, um, if you are suffering for any reason, reach out to someone. Tell your GP, tell your carers, tell somebody, we are here to help you. A lot of people have been holding on and say, oh, I don't want you all are busy with COVID. I don't want to bug you. And then you're suffering all by yourself. That's not right. We're still here for you. So, I mean, I sound like I'm doing an advertisement for NHS, but <laughs> I feel for you. I don't want you to be suffering at home. If you've got a problem, reach out to someone. We don't know if you don't tell us. We can't do, you know, checks on everybody, obviously. So my two tips was that being mindful and reach out if you need help. Because that, that really makes a difference in your life. Of course, don't forget the washing hands and being clean. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I know all of our leadership team and Pastor Daniel and Laura will, would all be standing 1000% behind that. When you reach out to help and touch others' lives, you do lay aside what you're going through. And a lot of it, like you say, that when you're, when you're on your own and you're just dwelling on it, the mind does start to play on us, don't it? doesn't it? And so it's important just, you know, go out there and find someone that could use a helping hand. And I just think that is so key. And I really appreciate that good sound advice from a doctor. So, you know, not only yes, you are a Christian doctor, but what I think is amazing is to hear a doctor say that it's like, yes, you know, this is, this is what it's all about. So I really, uh, I really love that. And um, just, uh, you know, it, uh, one last thing that I really want you to have the opportunity is, you know, any scriptures, any word you just want to share with us, uh, you, you are an amazing woman of God, Dr. Genevieve. I've had the opportunity of getting to know you so much over the last year. And, um, you know, I, I just fully stand behind you. So I just want you to just share with us just for the next few minutes, what, what's the Lord laid on your heart? So there are two very key verses um, for this season that uh, God's laid on my heart. And one um, is Job 1 verse 10. Don't worry, it's not a woe is me type thing. Um, the context is, we all know Job is a, was a very wealthy man and he was also a very God-fearing man. He was faithful. He was always, you know, offering burnt sacrifices, even for sins that he wasn't consciously uh, aware of. And, you know, God was just so pleased with him. And where this verse comes in is um, Satan comes to your throne room and says, you know, I've been roaming around the world. And God says, have you considered my, my servant Job? And, you know, that he's such a great guy. You know, he's an ace guy. I love him. And Satan says, well, haven't you put a hedge of protection upon him, upon his house, at every side, in every way? Um, and you've blessed the work of his hands and you've conferred prosperity and happiness, and his possessions have increased in the land. And that is Job 1.10, and that is the verse that I have actually, that although we don't see this behind the scenes, God has 
put his hedge of protection around you, around your family, around your house, around your property, around in every aspect and in every way that you can possibly imagine. He has blessed the work of your hands. Everything that you do prospers. You have the peace, you have the happiness that God has given you. And the possessions in your land has increased. God provides bountifully. And we are just, you know, we are, we are his children. He will give us great and wonderful gifts. And every time you declare that, you know what? That is opening up the, the storehouses of heaven. That is saying, you know, this is what you've done for me, God. This is what you're doing for me. And, and that's my prayer. I keep praying that. I keep declaring that. And, and I know I've seen things happen. And I, you know, I've told you testimonies of how just God just provides, God just blesses the work of, of I pass my exams, you know, all kinds of things just fall onto my lap because I know, I know, I know that my God is my father and he does great things for me. So that was Job 1 verse 10, not your average verse, I guess. Um, the other thing that um, our ladies group base our, um, that's our like verse, official verse of our ladies group is Psalms 1 to 1 verse 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the whole Psalms 1 to 1 is amazing. I love it. I get my daughter to memorize it because it's just you know, it is just giving you more and more confidence and giving you more and more faith in everything that you do. But the first two verses, every time you're stuck, every time you feel there is no end to insight, this is so uncertain, I'm losing this, I've got fear of this, you just lift up your eyes and know that your God is the maker of heaven and earth. He's got all of this down. He knows exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. And that's where my help comes from. You know, you cannot lose. You just cannot lose. And these two things, just, they keep pressing on my heart because this is exactly what we need at this time. We know the confidence that we have in our God will see us through however long this pandemic takes, however uncertain the lives, you know, the, the years go on. My God's got it down and we will never lose. So those are my two favorite verses for this season. Wow, what a word uh, and really love that. And I hope people really got that. And if you didn't go back and re-listen to that because that was a, just a fantastic word. And um, I know you've, you've been through a lot. I mean, originally you are from Malaysia, right? and uh, you were supposed to have family come over and you didn't get to have them come. So uh, I'm in the same boat. I've got family in America. So, uh, you know, lots of people think, oh, maybe they have it easy, but you know, we've been through a lot. I know you've, you know, being in Malaysia, you were telling me that sometimes you had to wear a mask as a normal, didn't you? So uh, when you share that kind of a word, it's just so from the heart. And, um, and I love that. And uh, Dr. Genevieve, I'm going to get you to pray uh, for us. And, you know, I just want those out there, if you just 
feel like that you're number one, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity for you to give your heart to the Lord with just a simple prayer. But if you're also feeling like you're just got no hope and that you have had enough and that you're in that one of those down moments when Dr. Genevieve prays, I hope that you'll just reach out. If you have to touch the screen while we're praying and um, let the Lord just reach down and touch you. So Dr. Genevieve, I'm just going to ask you to lead us in prayer as we close this part of our service. Yeah, um, I would close my eyes when I pray. It just helps me be more in focus, but you can, you know, feel free to do what you feel. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to just sit in your presence and to just have this discussion with your fellow saints. Lord Jesus, I know that I have my hope in you, but I want to pray for those who have not met you, who have not experienced you, and they're just sitting there wondering, what is this hope? What is this help? Lord Jesus, I pray you will reach out to each and every one of them. And that, Lord, they will have that encounter with you, that things will never be the same again. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who are suffering, who are finding it difficult, just living life every day. And, and it just seems so uncertain and so scary, but... Lord Jesus, I pray that you will move into their homes. You will move into their lives, oh God. I pray that the words that we speak from your word comes alive in them. I pray, oh God, your spirit will just start ministering to their heart, oh God. That you plant that seed of hope in their lives. That, Lord, they will begin to see the works, taste that the Lord is good, and know for sure that you have them in your hands. Lord, I just pray for people who have never known you before. I pray, oh Father God, that each and every one of them will start knowing you, will start experiencing your love. I pray, oh Father God, that you would just start ministering to them and that they will be able, oh God, to understand what we're talking about it's not, just, it's not just stories, but this is real life. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to take our place for all our sin that we've done. And he paid the price so we don't have to. And that Jesus Christ rose again and seated on the right hand of the Father. Lord, I just ask of God for each and every person who doesn't know you, God, to reach out, reach out for help, reach out to understand, and Lord, you will speak to them. For everybody who has never heard of Jesus and wants to know about Jesus, you want to, to root out and experience Jesus, I just pray that as I pray this sinner's prayer, you would speak it in your heart or you can say it out loud, it doesn't matter. But if you speak it, you're declaring something and things will happen. So I'm going to say the sinner's prayer. Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I know I've done things in my life that is wrong and I am sorry. I believe that you are the God who, will, who sees me, who loves me and will forgive my sins. 
Father, I just pray that you would come into my heart, that you would minister to me, and that I will have this wonderful relationship that people are talking about. Lord, I thank you for this gift of salvation. And I look forward to having this wonderful relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Genevieve, for that prayer. And thank you uh, for being with us tonight. And uh, if you prayed that prayer in just a few minutes, when we turn it back over to uh, the, our team, uh, just get in contact with the office. Our chat team will drop the information in there where you can reach out and let us know. And uh, we pray, Dr. Genevieve, that God will bless you and all those in representation that uh, work in that world with you in CLC and around the nation, uh, around the world, actually. We just pray that they will know that they are loved and, and cared for. So thank you so much for that. And God bless you. God bless.